Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show where I collect my favorite stories and ideas across InfoSec, technology, and humanity, and talk about why they matter. You can subscribe to the companion newsletter, which also functions as a show notes, at danielmeisler.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 58. We're going to do this uh, take one security podcast style, all in one take, super fast, to get you back to prepping for the holidays. So InfoSec News, Yahoo announced another billion records gone. That's on top of the 500 million. That is a separate breach. Massive set of patches available, Adobe and Microsoft. Flash, IE, Edge, Office, and .NET. FBI says they agree with the CIA that Russia hacked us and also that they hacked us to benefit Trump. Looks like not only the DNC and RNC were hacked, but also the Election Commission. Good news is it looks like it was a different set of Russian hackers, potentially one guy and not a professional. Given how bad 2016 has been, I think we're going to put that in the win column, that it wasn't another state actor. Shadow Brokers have released another set of NSA tools, this one much deeper, much heavier, and the Gruck has some great analysis on this. Yahoo Breach data is being sold on the dark web, not surprising. If you need your password, maybe you can recover it that way. Adobe and Microsoft are the primary products that provided vulns for exploit kits in 2016. HP is shutting down default FTP and Telnet to network printers. A hacker calling himself Kaputsky appears to have hacked the Russian consulate and stolen 30,000 Russian passport numbers. This is a brave, brave soul because Putin doesn't issue warrants. He basically puts radioactive stuff in your food. Tech news. Amazon said they're no longer making the Amazon 1 million list, used to be called the Alexa list, and they're not putting it out for free anymore. Uh, They might still have it for pay, but no one knows. Cisco responded by putting out their own list, but the problem is they're logging all requests to all services, which includes a bunch of backend stuff. I downloaded the data and looked at it. It doesn't look super useful because it's not actually telling you what humans find to be the most useful or important domains. Silkworms that are fed graphene produce a super strong silk that conducts electricity. It's good information to have going into the holidays. Uber was ordered to stop their self-driving car service in San Francisco the other day because one of their cars was caught on video going through a, a red light and it didn't stop, it just went right through. They have not stopped their service, unfortunately. There's an app called Merlin, lets you send a photo of any bird and tell you what kind it is. BMW has signed on to develop in-car AI and IoT services with IBM's Watson project. Super excited about that as a BMW person. Google is planning on smearing a few leap seconds to account for unpredictable wobble in the Earth's rotation. And this will be accounted for in all their backend services as well as time.google.com. 
Human News, really interesting piece on how intelligent people evidently prefer to be alone because evolution wants them to be that way. Facebook has hired a head of news as part of their new commitment to countering fake news. It's not a solution necessarily, but at least they're trying. Glad to see others do the same. Really strong piece on New York Times about Google's Project Aristotle. They basically looked at what makes the best teams in terms of performance. They thought it was going to be individuals. Turns out individuals didn't matter that much at all. And it turned out to be psychological safety. Managers who can make their teams feel safe, sharing personal information, looking out for each other, not being adversarial, not backstabbing, not ladder climbing, these sorts of things, this sort of safety inside of a team made the teams thrive. That was their primary takeaway. Really, really cool stuff. Ideas just wrote a piece about honey trapping, all the different ways you can uh, do honey nets, honey tokens, honey pots, all sorts of different techniques you can do for that. Um, free without commercial tools and some meta around it, like don't be too trolly or, or you'll attract attention. Basically, don't poke bears and say, I've got your cub, I've got your cub, and run away because you might attract attention that you can't really deal with because the bears that you're poking have way more time than you do. Some people are very confused about why AirPods are getting so much hype. And I think the answer is that uh, they simply have the possibility, by the way, I'm getting some tomorrow morning, I think, but uh, I, I think the reason they're exciting is because they have the potential to make you not think about interacting with your computer, right? If you could just sort of touch your ear or say, hey, Siri, or get notifications that your Uber just arrived, and you always have your ear, ear pods in, your earphones or your whatever, your audio device is always in. You don't think about putting it in. You don't think about taking it out. You don't think about cables. You don't think about cords. If your computer speaks and it's always in your ear, and if you speak and your computer always hears you, that includes calls, calling other people, sending voice commands, whatever. If that happens in a frictionless way, that's going to move computing forward massively. But they have to get it right. And who knows if they actually got it right or if the technology even supports it. One of the things that makes this not work is having a delay when you try and do something and you have that little Bluetooth delay, super annoying. If you can't really fix that, then I'm not sure we can get to that frictionless state, but hopefully I'll have some to try out soon and uh, we'll be able to see. The rise of the newsletter, basically article about how curation is um, becoming the new thing and newsletters are kind of becoming popular again because you could find a voice that you like that collects information in a way that you like and uh, get that information like every day or uh, in the case of my newsletter every week. But um, I've signed up for a bunch of new ones every morning. Um, I've got a couple that I get weekly and I just love the curation concept of someone's point of view is being transferred to me in this kind of way that, um, that I find valuable.
2016 word of the year should be gaslighting. So this is about the Teen Vogue article talking about Trump. I'm not going to talk about Trump. This is not a political podcast. The idea of gaslighting is that you can make people question the nature of reality, right? And what I wrote about was if people don't trust the best information available, the best evidence available on any given topic, then you could just be lied to and you could lie to yourself because nothing is actually true. Nothing is false because everything is false. So Putin could just come out, for example, and just be like, hey, I never went to Ukraine. I was never there. All those pictures that you have, they're all fake. Um, every single one who has those pictures, they all have an agenda, but I wasn't there. So at, at what point do you believe something? How, how do you decide what to believe? It's, it's an issue if you don't trust evidence. So obviously I trust evidence. You have to be careful about where you get it, but um, it's a scary thing. Going into 2017, we have a lot of people who don't listen to what the CIA says. They don't listen even when the CIA agrees with the NSA, agrees with the FBI, agrees with whoever else about these topics. And it's like, oh, well, they lied to us before. Absolutely true. But can we look at the evidence fresh again, new each time? Goodness, it's crazy. If you can't trust the best things that we have, the best information that we have, well, then you can't trust anything. Then you've basically gaslighted yourself. Gaslit yourself. It's all bad. It's all bad. All right, some great thoughts on the future of TV. This was a piece by TechCrunch, basically talking about how we're going to be viewing and consuming media in a completely different way. Pretty good write-up. And a bunch of former Uber employees are basically saying that privacy is not taken seriously, that when they were there, they could just walk up and look at anyone's data. And uh, there wasn't much scrutiny placed on you know why you were looking at that data. And they're basically whistleblowing now that they're gone. Discovery, mobile app pen test cheat sheet, six red team infrastructure tips, backdoor man, a toolkit that looks for known backdoors in your web files. Evidently, you only need 20 moves to solve any position on a Rubik's Cube. Interesting article. The Grux analysis of the Shadow Broker leak. My buddy Leslie Carhart asks some or answers some common questions on threat actors and attribution. Really cool piece. Thomas Edison and Leonardo da Vinci's to-do lists. Actually, really cool. Actually shows them written out how they actually had them. And a fantastic visual slash interactive on the most popular fields of study going back to 1970. Really interesting to see the trends of which ones stay at the top which ones just dropped out really badly, like education, for example. Pretty cool link. And notes, my book, which I said I was going to release and was eventually going to happen. It finally has happened. It is on Amazon, available for pre-order. It's called The Real Internet of Things, and it's about the future of technology and society. And I have a link there. Just standardized on the New York Times is my primary news source, replacing CNN. Basically, you already buy the paper for my dad. I have a full digital subscription. So, uh, yeah, I just decided it's time to switch to a really good news source. 
I kind of dabbled with it on and off, but I muscle memory always took me to CNN, which I'm super tired of that that place. So uh, yeah, I'm switching over to New York Times for everything. Um, I still have tons of RSS feeds, of course, that um, I will continue to parse for all sorts of extra news. But for core news, I'm going to use New York Times. Just completed a major redesign of the site. So instead of having like one link per line, just scrolling like 20 pages down for like my study, my homepage and my projects. I now have a, like a table, a set of columns with smaller blocks of links, much easier to look at and sort of consume. So excited to work on that. Haven't finished reading any new books, but, um, currently finishing Naked Statistics. I'm in the chapter now about regression analysis and multivariate regression analysis. Absolutely amazing stories um, in there. The, the guy basically goes through and gives lots of examples. I think his name is Charles Whelan. Fantastic book. Highly recommended. About to be done with that. Reading next, Steal Like an Artist, Sapiens, The Docker Book, Tools of Titans, and The Gene. And I just recently added to the queue the subtle art of not giving an F and the dictator's handbook. Recommendations. If you have a Yahoo account, kill it with fire. Or, yeah, delete it if you can. But um, if not, go and change your password. Use something extremely strong, so strong that you have to use a password manager to maintain control of it. And the aphorism for this week, grace imitates modesty as politeness imitates kindness by Joseph Jalbert. Enjoy the holidays and I will see you next week. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget you can get the show notes for this episode, including all the news, ideas, and links in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com newsletter. And if you like the show, Please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.